Welcome to Power Drifting, the Rally Game podcast. In this episode, we will be ditching the polygons and taking a walk on the sprite side of life with the decidedly retro-inspired Super Pixel Racers. My name is Tom, and I'm joined once again in the virtual cockpit, uh, two metres apart and wrapped in face masks, I should add, <laughs> by uh, everyone's favourite virtual co-driver, Mike. Hello, Mike. Hello, Tom. What a fantastic introduction. Thank you Sprite side of life is one of the greatest things I've ever heard. <laughs> uh, I was going to say, it's, it's pretty big, this cockpit, with the uh, social distancing measures we've, uh, we've, we've introduced into the, into the vehicle. It uh, is. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I hope you're doing okay over there on the other side of the car. Um, yeah. <laughs> right, that's enough with the pleasantries. Uh, let's get super pixelated. So yes, Super Pixel Racers. This one was developed by 21C Ducks, which is a very odd name for a developer and even odder when you consider that the the two main developers are listed in the credits as Space Duck and Baby Duck, hoping they aren't their real names. But you know, if they are, then power to them. Uh, Mm. The game was published by H2 Interactive and was originally released on Steam, PlayStation 4 and Xbox One in 2018. But we are talking about the Switch release, which came to Switch in April 2020. Mike, I believe you played it on the Switch also, but had you played this game prior to it coming out on Nintendo's handheld? No, I've never never even heard of it before. I think uh, I, I sort of missed a lot of the arcade and indie games on the on the main consoles. Yes, yes. I um when I initially saw this game advertised on the uh, on the eShop. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm one of those people who kind of regularly browses the eShop to see what's coming up in the next week or so. And when I yeah. saw this, I was quite, quite sort of intrigued because I, I like the style of it. I like the pixel artwork. I like the, it kind of gave me flashbacks of things like Macro Machines and, uh, and Super Skid Marks on the, yeah. on the old Amiga. And so it was, um, yeah, one that I kind of bookmarked. Uh, but then going back and looking on the Steam store and also on PS4, uh, I noted that it, had, you know, it had been out for quite some time. And I think that, that's quite a common occurrence with uh, Switch games because they come to the Switch and you kind of think, oh, that looks interesting, I'll have a look at that. And then you go back to the other stores on another platform and then you kind of realise that this is a game that existed already on a different platform and was never really kind of advertised or given much of a fanfare. So, yeah, I think, and, and paying a premium on Switch as well, of course, that's uh, the issue as well because it tends to be a bit more expensive on Switch. Yes, the uh, the dreaded switch tax uh, raises mm. its head quite often. Yeah, I, I know that uh, myself. Um, so yeah, this game, uh, Super Pixel Racers, as I say, we are looking at the Switch version primarily, uh, released in April 2020, so it's been out for just over a month now. Um, and this is mainly a rally cross game uh, with a top-down perspective, and, and as I say, and as the name alludes to, uh, more of a kind of a, an oxymoronic, retro-inspired, but mod- with a modern, the modern feel. That sounds mm. about right, yeah? yeah? Yeah, it does, yeah, yeah. Uh, so the name of the game comes from the distinct pixel art style. Um, and before we jump into the gameplay modes and things, what what are your thoughts on the on the overall style of the game, Mike? Is it something that resonates with you as a, as a retro fan? It's it's. I think it's a bit of a two thing for me. It's it's. I love the retro style of any game. This has got a really nice sort of nineties uh, um, rose tinted glasses look in terms of the fact that it's not really what games looked like a huge amount in the nineties, but it's sort of a similar sort of thing. Um, reminds me a little bit of the sort of visuals they went for Retro City Rampage that yeah, sort of game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Um, but to me, it, it's I love. Uh, you mentioned Micro Machines earlier on. Micro Machines is is my all time favorite game, and um, it's very very difficult to because of the, the way that the way the game works is it is almost very similar to a game called Power Drive, which I don't think we've covered yet. Um, but a game I know both you, both myself and you like, yes, which um, is on the Mega Drive and, and Jaguar, yeah. and uh, it's very much like that. Sort of, a, it's not quite top down, is it? It's sort of not isometric either. It's it's a really weird sort of perspective. It's almost like but, when you go into three mil three D mode on Google Maps, where it kind of kind of the the, the map yeah. kind of sort of looks up looks up slightly from being straight on down, like top yeah, down. Yeah. 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 So it has that sort of like a three D effect on two D, which is is quite nice. But it's there's a weird thing where the they don't none of the cars rotate as such. It's sort of a fixed view, hmm. um, which I find a little bit jarring to begin with, um, and I found that a little bit off putting. Um, but once you get into the game, I think it, it, you sort of become used to it. And yeah, the, the graphics are lovely in terms of that sort of retro appeal to it. Um, they're a little bit uh, unsurprisingly pixelated. I don't know. It's, it's difficult for me to really make a judgment on it. It's it, on one hand, I love the, the sort of retro appeal to it, but at the same time, I do wish sometimes people who make these retro games don't go for this massively pixelated look to them. You know, not yeah. every game in the 1990s and late eighties was pixelated like that. You actually had some finesse to them. Exactly, so I think yeah, yeah. a little bit weird for me. Yeah. I think, I think modern developers kind of over egg, the uh, the retro mm. style of uh, these retro inspired games to the point yeah. where games from that era just didn't look like that because they were going for realism but they were pushing the boundaries of the technology to try and make things look real and yep. if they couldn't make them look real they just didn't make them look like that anyway we'll come on to that when we talk about the visuals before we get there though we're going to talk about the gameplay modes and some other aspects of this title so gameplay modes there's a lot to do here uh, you've got a career mode, you've got a free mode, you've got an online multiplayer, you've got local multiplayer. Uh, online multiplayer is something that I've actually not been able to sample simply because there's never anybody online. I know me and you, Mike, we're going to uh, arrange a time to uh, see if we could get a game together, but that never materialised. It's, it's weird, that, isn't it? I mean, a lot of these games have online multiplayer aspects, but then you go into the lobby to try and find a game and there's never anybody online. Yeah, so it's it's weird. I think there's a lot of, not only this game, but lots of games, there seems to be this massive push to get an online multiplayer mode into them and half of them never get used. So yeah. a lot of time spent on a game which is unused, which just seems a bit of a waste of resources to me. I think the last game I played that was really kind of, that was on a handheld at least, that was really kind of good with an online multiplayer was um, Killzone on the PS Vita. When that first came out I, and I had, the, had that game and the Vita, um, I would play the online uh, deathmatch sort of religiously. I thought it was absolutely brilliant, but that, yeah. that for me is kind of one of the last times I played a game on a handheld at least that uh, had a, a really kind of vibrant online scene. Anyway, we're getting ahead of ourselves. Uh, let's talk about the, the career mode here in Super Pixel Racers. Uh, the career mode is the main meat of the game. There are nine categories of races uh, which increase in difficulty and each class is broken down into a series of events which fall into one of six game styles. So we've got, uh, we've got Rallycross, which is a race against AI vehicles around an enclosed course. Uh, we've got a drift show, which is using the same courses, but you do drifts for points. A time trial, which, as you would expect, is a time trial. Uh, takedown, which is an interesting mode, which uh, sees you basically trying to smash other cars into the barriers using your turbo boost to uh, to destroy them and get points. And then we've got Land Rush, which is like Rallycross, but it's a point-to-point -point race on a, on a sort of a point-to-point -point course with other vehicles. And then Rally, which is a traditional rally on procedurally generated courses. So, yeah, there's lots of variety. Um, 
we'll talk about uh, our favorites, I suppose. Um, I'm personally not keen on the time trials as they are quite difficult and you need to mm. basically get them, you know. Uh, it reminds me almost of, um, do you remember on Metropolis Street Race from the Dreamcast where you have to keep going round and round and round the course? Yes, yeah. Each time yeah. shaving a little tiny bit off your time to try yeah. and make it within the time limit so you could win the vehicle. It's, it's kind of the same here, but you need to get within the time limit to either get a, a silver, uh, a bronze, silver or a gold cup to move on to the next stage of the championship and if you look through the different championships that I've got open on my version of this game you will see that I've come to a point where I can't do the time trial probably yeah. because I'm inept to be honest as I'm at most <laughs> games <laughs> as I've said many times on this podcast but it gets to the point where it's not fun anymore we have to be perfect at the time trial there's no real margin for error you need to yeah. do a perfect lap get within that you know that time frame to move on to the next course in the championship mode and on all the championships that I've got open that's where I'm stuck time trial yeah. mode and I, I just do not like it i think it's really really poor uh, mike what about yourself any favorites from that list yeah i think the so an interesting one i don't know if it's a favorite or not but an interesting one is the uh the uh what's it called the demolition mode what's that kind of it's called now it's the oh, domination take down take down take down sorry take yeah. down yeah you edit it out <laughs> no take down mode <laughs> is 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 pretty much uh, a perfect cross between destruction derby and burnout in a 2d space which is a really interesting concept um it works quite well once you get used to it and in some of the faster cars um but it's i think it's also the first the first event you get it could be a time trial first i'm not sure it might be a rally cross even but one of the very early events is this event and to me it was a real weird way of playing it because i wasn't expecting it Mm. Um, I wasn't expecting this sort of 2D retro burnout style game. Um, so, but it goes on you. It's an interesting little concept. It's quite different for a rally game to have this sort of uh, mode into it. Um, but I think to me, the rally cross is probably the best mode for me. I think it works really, really well. Um, it's the, the most fun. Yeah, and I yeah. think it's probably the thrust of the entire game, really. Most of the game is based around that sort of racing. And then actually, it, when it plays to its strengths, the, the game really shines in the rally cross mode. Yeah, it's interesting you make reference to um, Burnout and things like that because I imagine if, if Burnout had ever come out on the Game Boy Advance that this is the mm. kind of thing we would have seen, potentially. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, in the in the career mode, you've um, you, as I say, you've got lots of variety in the events. Uh, you need to complete the events in order to earn cash to upgrade your vehicle, which can make some events easier. Uh, things you can upgrade include the acceleration, top speed, the durability of your car, and the boost. And the durability is required because hitting the barriers or other vehicles in modes that aren't the takedown mode uh, will cause damage to your car. And ultimately, when you get down to zero vitality, if you want to call it that, your car is a... Uh, Literally a ball of flames and uh, and will explode. Yes. We'll move on to gameplay then. So the controls in this game uh, are a bit weird and do take some mm. getting used to. Uh, the car auto accelerates, which initially put me off when reading about the game before I actually bought it. Uh, but it actually works quite well, as you only have to worry about the steering and the, uh, the handbrake to slide around corners. And that's important because as you slide around corners, you fill your boost meter. And then when you have a full boost or even a half full boost, you can hit that button and you can uh, speed past your adversaries or smash them into the barriers in the aforementioned takedown mode. Uh, Mike? There are, yeah. there are two steering control methods in this game, pointing mode and classic mode. 
I should go into the differences between the two before asking you which is your favourite, so I'll do that. <laughs> uh, pointing mode is whichever direction you point the analog stick in is where the car will face, and it's also known as the easy mode. And yep. then there's classic mode, which is the analog stick needs to be pushed either left or right, and the car will kind of rotate, and that's called the hard mode. Uh, I actually preferred I preferred that mode because it kind of when I first started playing the game and it was set default to pointing mode, I was just kind of driving all over the place going what I, my, my brain doesn't understand how this is working i can't can't do it you know yeah. so i changed to classic mode and it, that was a case of you use left and right to kind of position the, the front of the car what's your favorite mode yeah classic mode uh, i think it's any of us who've played micro machines um is used to that sort of uh turn left and right when you need to turn left and right mm-hmm. I, I i know that a lot of people had problems with that Back in the day, in two D racers, they they have a real issue. It's a it's a major thing. On if you look online, do a search online, people are always complaining about the fact that on top down racers you have to to drive in the way the, the car is pointing, as in you know a sort of a perspective of being in the car. But that feels natural to me. So yeah, same as you. I had the the um, the pointing mode on, and it just it felt completely off to me. Yeah, there was uh, like a weird disconnect between my hand yeah. and my brain. I'm just like, I, what is what is happening? I don't get this. Yeah. Um, how yeah. anyone can play that? I think what it is, Mike, is that because we come from a generation where the, the the classic mode was the default, our brains are automatically automatically wired to think that that's how this kind of game would control. But Definitely, I suppose yeah. if you are younger and have never played this kind of game before, you would automatically maybe uh, think that you would just use the analog stick to point the car in the direction. So I, I'm, I'm I'm wondering if that is if that's the case here possible yeah i think it's it's there's definitely was sort of a disconnect between like the late 90s and early 2000s where a couple of games which were top down uh, i think grand theft auto possibly as well had the same sort of issue where people just couldn't get used to the controls mm-hmm. um so i know it's something which has been happening and i can say it's from a personal perspective my wife can't play micro machines because of the fact that uh, she can't get her head around the fact of turning left and right when the car is is the, the way it is i, yeah, I personally yeah. i i can i you know the pointing mode to me feels if, if it works for people brilliant but to me it just feels like it's completely wrong yeah and, and, and on, the, on the point of the auto acceleration as well when i first mm. as i said earlier when i first discovered that it was auto accelerate it completely turned me off but in practice it actually really works well because it takes another thing out of the equation you, you don't have to worry about accelerating you can just literally use the brake to slow down and get around yeah. those corners uh, and in conjunction with those those uh, nice um, classic mode controls it, it does work really well. So yeah. initially off-putting, but once you get your head around it, actually a lot of fun. Yeah, I agree, yeah. Okay, let's move on to the uh, to the visual side of things. So, mm. as uh, as the name suggests, uh, there's a distinct pixel art style, and it again looks like a, a modern retro game and takes inspiration from things like Power Drive, which you mentioned earlier, Mike, uh, Skid Marks, and, and Micro Machines. And um, I think there's a nice variation in the courses. There's quite a few different courses or, or environments here. You've got France, Italy, Belgium, Germany, Australia, the UK, US, Japan, Bahrain, Senegal, Malaysia, Brazil, Finland. Canada and China, mm. and so there's a nice variation in the in the different courses, and you also get different weather styles. You know, you've got rain, you've got uh, day and night. Uh, it does actually have an effect on the way the game plays. And um, one thing that I wasn't overly keen on, I don't know if you noticed this as well, Mike, but in some of the courses, you do get this kind of mist effect over the courses, and it can actually make it quite hard to see what you're meant to be doing. 
Uh, and I think it's it's not so much a weather effect. It's more a case of the cars have got you know exhaust fumes or there's kind of um, smoke coming from the tires, and it yeah. does actually get quite quite thick, and you can't really see what you're doing. Don't if you yeah. noticed that. I have, yeah. I think it's, I sort of put it down to being sort of the environmental effects. That's a sounds a very posh way of saying you know uh, the pixels, but I think the, the way it works is the fact that they've tried to make the environments quite lively. Mm. Um, and so I think they deliberately try to up that that side of it. So when the, the other cars make a lot of um, a lot of dirt, which is, I think is missing on quite a few games. You know, even like three D polygon games, it's there's a lot of games which don't really do that. Mm. Um, it is difficult to drive occasionally, but I actually quite like that. I think it's, it's quite a cool little effect. On the on the topic of the courses being quite kind of busy and, and like sort of lived in did you know the size of the the uh, spectators around the course yes. about 18 foot tall when compared to the uh to the cars <laughs> yeah it was it was a bit of an odd sort of it, it reminded me a little bit of a spectrum game uh, in terms of the fact that they had the perspective off completely but it was uh it, it's looking at the courses themselves actually and obviously finland's in there which also it pleases me obviously yeah, yeah, yeah um but actually the environments are actually really cool i think they have a really good a diverse range of courses um which is actually i was quite surprised as well i thought there'd be like five or six different environments i didn't realize there's going to be quite so many environments as there is um there's not a huge amount of tracks per environment no. um but a lot of difference and a lot of um they really capture the essence of what that environment is you know they're not putting australia in as a tarmac road they're putting australia in as a, a road you'd expect to be in australia mm. um and it's quite cool as there's something you touched on there mike the um the, the courses themselves are as you said, the, for the most part, you do play on these kind of enclosed uh, rallycross courses. Yeah. Um, it's only later on in the game when you unlock it that you uh, unlock the uh, sort of procedurally generated uh, rally courses. For the most part, I mean, we, I know we're talking about the visuals here, but we will talk a little bit about the, the pros and cons here as well, is that um, even though they do look really nice and, and you kind of get this kind of open, it's nice to break away from the enclosed rally cross courses once you get out into the um what you'd call the the wide open spaces of the the actual rally themselves um yep. it's, it's a nice break but it also comes with its own set of pitfalls which doesn't really come across in the in on the enclosed courses and namely that is the fact that the the camera is a, is, a, is is way too far zoomed in yeah and the game moves way too fast for a, a procedurally generated course there's no co-driver and so you do find yourself constantly kind of either going off the course, hitting the barriers, hitting the trees, you know, which eventually inevitably leads to your car being destroyed because you've, you've damaged it too much. And it kind of takes the fun out of it. I mean, if they'd basically just kept this as a circuit racer on rally-inspired courses, I think I would have been more than happy with that. The addition of the open procedural-generated rally courses is a nice touch. But I just don't think it works because the game is too fast, the camera's too zoomed in, the controls are too twitchy, and again, as I say, there's no co-driver. I completely agree. Yes, the the rally courses were a real disappointment to me. I think um, they really they didn't structure the game the way they should have done. I think the the rally game rally courses should have been very early on in slower cars. I think that would have possibly given people the the chance to sort of experience the rally courses, maybe get used to it a little bit easier. And with a slower car, you could probably build up your sort of uh, abilities that maybe a little bit a little bit quicker. When you get to when you get to unlock the rally the rally courses, the cars you know, it's still not a particularly fast car. Um, I can't remember which class it is. You actually unlock rally courses in. It's I think it's possibly the first in in or the second the second category. I think isn't it? Yeah, it is. It's, it's the C plus category. C plus. C plus. You yeah. open up the uh, the rally course. Yeah. And it's it's really weird that it's 
it just doesn't feel like they really put much effort into it. Um, it, it feels like they've got a rally cross game and then they've gone, right, let's make a rally section as well. Yeah. Great, great in, great in theory, but actually in practice, it just doesn't play well. It doesn't play well at all. There's a reason there hasn't been many top down long course rally games. Um, it's just not really conducive to that sort of thing. You know, things that something like Neo Drift Out, which is probably the most famous of the top-down style, or one of the most famous top-down um, 2D racers, rally racers, it hasn't got long courses. You know, the courses are like a minute long each. I think it really doesn't really work massively. I mean, Power Drive even, that wasn't really built around long courses, was it? No, not at all, no. Um, I think the, the only game that I've played recently that kind of does this well which is Art of Rally, and that was only the demo the demo version. And yeah. That does it well, but the difference here is that I think it appreciates the fact that as the car speeds up and you need to be able to anticipate corners you know, well in advance, the, the camera kind of zooms out, it pans out, and you can yep. see more of the uh, the environment, whereas here it just doesn't happen because it's the same game as when you are playing on those tight, small, exactly. little kind of rally cross courses, yeah. which it's great for, but not with the the sort of the open ended rally courses. It, it it completely changes the style of the game. It, it it's just it just doesn't work in my opinion. Yeah, I think I completely agree. We I, I tried to do Art of, Art of Rally, and unfortunately my PC won't run it. But uh, I, there's a game on the Xbox One, I think on other consoles as well, called uh, Amigle Racing or Amigle Rally, sorry. Okay. Um, which is I think it was free a couple of weeks ago, and um, it's very similar sort of thing as Art of Rally and sort of top-down or isometric style uh, rally game, and that works really well in it. But it's built around that that construct. It's built yeah. around that construct of being a top-down. Um, it sort of has a car to the left of the screen or the top of the screen when the course is winding, so it doesn't sort of put you in the centre of the screen. Half the rally course isn't visible. And I think that's what the, the problem with this game is, the fact that it, it hasn't got that, that touch of being a rally-style game. It's more about rally cross, and of course that doesn't work when you put it into the procedurally-generated rally stages, um, which is a real shame, because I, really, I was really looking forward to playing and get a 2D racer, which did do that really well on Switch. Yeah, just didn't, didn't quite work. Yeah, it's unfortunate, really. It's unfortunate. Other, otherwise, uh, the the main meat of the game is is conducted on these, as I say, uh, enclosed tight rally cross courses, which are really good fun. Um, yeah. I must say as well, there are, there's ten vehicles in all in this game. Um, they're all fictitious, but you can tell what they're meant to be. So you've got like a Mini, you've got an Impreza, a Stratus, a Mitsubishi Lancer, and they're all represented in like really cute little pixel art form, which I think is really cool. Especially yeah. the Impreza, it's like the blue with the little yellow dots on it, so you can tell it's meant to be the uh, the 1995 Colin McRae Impreza. That's really cool. So yeah, I mean, I didn't really find any difference in the handling other than the speed of the cars, of course, um, as you yeah. kind of continue up the, up the ladder getting more and more cars and, and upgrading them but um i found that you could kind of just take the, the basic mini and just like kind of upgrade it as far as it could and and that was kind of fine for, for the most part I, I don't know what you thought mike yeah i agree i think it's it is one of those games where there isn't really much difference between the cars there's not really much difference between the handling aspects of them and i think that it's one of those games which sort of makes you have to invest in the upgrading yeah and sort of makes you invest in it until it's fully upgraded and then sort of gives you the next car which i understand a lot of games do that but i've never really felt the appeal of that kind of game i feel i just feel it's a little bit forced um it's a forced gameplay style where you sort of are constantly having to just upgrade the same car until you get next car i like the ability of i think part of the 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 great thing about rallying is that you sort of have these sort of makeshift road cars which can sort of just you know um put around town in and also you can you can drive in rally games and someone who doesn't drive that's sort of the appeal that sort of normality and that sort of um it's it's 
rallying is a really weird sport in it. It's, it's very much like people who play bus driving games or or, <laughs> or truck racing games. In that it's a really it's really quite a boring idea, you know, driving a car through mud or yeah. dust. Um, and I think that's part of the appeal is it's kind of road cars and that sort of normality. And I think this game doesn't really get that. It's an arcade racing game great you know it's sort of as a 2d sort of sega rally style game yeah brilliant but yeah i, I just find it i just find the i find the progression of the game a bit forced it's an interesting point you made there mike actually because i mean on two on two points really the first one is that yeah i mean i play a game called SnowRunner, and i played a game called mudrunner prior to that which is basically driving hoofing great trucks through the mud as yep. slow as you can think you know, engaging your differential lock and your all-wheel drive and creeping up a mountain at like two miles an hour. So yeah, it's it's a when you, when you actually sit and think about what I'm doing, it's actually quite weird and boring. Yeah. And, and second, on just on the topic of the vehicles in in rally games, I've noticed the trend in certainly in modern or you know more modern rally games is that the car selections. When you look at the car selection screens. The cars that are kind of greyed out are the ones you have to like unlock sort of towards the mm. end of the game. Are things that you wouldn't normally associate with rally. So you've got things like Porsches yeah. or yeah. kind of Nissan Skylines. I two of can think off the top of my head in various rally games. I'm thinking those aren't the kind of gar- cars I want to use in a rally game. No. I want to use you know a battered old Toyota Celica or a, or a yeah. Mini. Do you know what I mean it's not about a, a sport, a sleek sports car. It's it's about being able to just get through them. You know that, that muddy, grindy, horrible course through the trees you know it's not about having a Porsche you know it's and that's and that's what Sega Rally got got right so well you know I mean the fact that the the iconic car well it's a couple of iconic cars but the iconic car was was there straight away you played as you you played in the car that you wanted to play in Mm. um and I think same with like things like Dirt Rally and Dirt Rally 2 whereas you know yes you have to progress you have to get to the faster cars but actually you can enjoy the game just by playing in the the minis or the or the really slower cars and um the one reason I don't like one of the reasons I don't like arcade style games as much when it comes to rallying is because of the fact they just don't it loses that it loses that sort of uh, it's a really difficult way of explaining it but that basic sort of appeal where you just sort of just you just go with what you've got do, do you think it's a case of um, in a lot of games where the the um, you kind of aspire to have a faster car so mm. if you try and do that with a rally game it, it just doesn't work because that's not the whole point yeah it's the gran turismo effect the gran turismo effect you know i mean it's this constant sort of racing games to appeal to people who want to get these kind of like supercars and these kind of like fast sort of uh lovely idealist cars for them actually in rally and that's not what it's about it's not about getting that fastest car it's about having that down and dirty like you said you mentioned snow runner mud runner yeah. that sort of thing you sort mm. of you you it's man against environment um, it's not about having the fastest car. It's, it always feels like cheating to me. I always feel like in a, in a rally game, if I pick the fastest car, it's the only game only game I can think of, any genre I can think of, where I will set out and pick a car which is not the fastest car or the fastest or the best of something. Because yeah. actually, I don't want that. I don't want that. I don't want to have a supercar which sort of can just you know drive through uh, really fast. I want to have that sort of... Um, ability of getting stuck in the mud. I want that ability where you sort of, you know, if you're on the, teetering on the edge of a cliff... The car's not going to speed away at great speed because it's got great traction. It's going to be, you know, you're going to be tumbling over mm. to your death. Okay, let's move on and talk a little bit about the sound in Superpixel Racers. Um, I think the uh, the sound here is absolutely marvellous. 
some great tri- chip tune music, uh, passable in-game effects, uh, but a really bizarre skid sound, um, which rears its head every single time you press the uh, the handbrake. You know, it's got a weird that. Yeah, it sounds yeah. like a cat being strangled, like as I just demonstrated there with my uh, superb vocal range. Uh, <laughs> there's um, there's no co-driver again, as we mentioned earlier, which is fine in the rally cross and enclosed circuit events, but in the land rush and the rally modes, uh, it it kind of makes the game even more difficult than it already is because you can't anticipate what's coming next. So I, I play the switch usually quite quite quiet because I usually play it in the front room once once the uh, once the wife's watching some ridiculous TV program. So um, I, I don't tend to have music on, but I've actually listened to a little bit of this uh, today actually, and yeah, it's got like a little catchy sort of tune, nice little mm. tune. Um, I think that's you know it's nothing nothing spectacular, but it's it's nice. I'm, I'm sure you'll uh, you'll appreciate the little kind of. Uh snippets of music that I've uh, interspersed throughout this episode so you can hear what we're talking about and also the uh, the sound of the car's uh, screaming cat uh, handbrake sound effect <laughs> I do have a review here of Super Pixel Racers, and this is selected from uh, the website Nintendo Life. So this is an excerpt from their review. Super Pixel Racers offers a simplified brand of top-down arcade racing with an intriguing handling model that's simultaneously casual and highly demanding. It might not be the richest, deepest, or most rewarding game of its type on Switch, but it's a worthwhile experience for those looking for some solo and local multiplayer arcade kicks. And the score given is 7 out of 10. Mike, would mm. you like to give me your score out of 10 for Super Pixel Racers? Yeah, this is probably the hardest one I've done in the entire um, series of podcasts so far because it's it's the weirdest game. It, I hate. I started, I hated it. Um, I bought it on the first day it came out and within a few hours I was I was really, really not liking it at all for reasons I've already mentioned on the podcast. And then, and then I got into it and I really realised what the game was about and I, I loved the sort of mechanics of it. And it played really, really well. And then the rallying came up. And that sort of killed it for me again. Um, so it's a really weird game. At times, it's been quite high score. Um, but unfortunately, I'm going to have to give it a five. Um, I don't I don't think it does as well as it could do. And I think that there seems to be a, a lack of focus, for want of a better word, mm. on what the strength of the game is. If they just done it on a rally course, if a rally cross, if they just done it on in terms of it being a, uh, an enclosed space, um, against AI drivers, then the game would have been, I think, a lot stronger. Um, unfortunately, it just has some parts of it, and some parts you, you can't skip. You know, you have to you have to play the rally games to progress. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so, unfortunately for me, it, it's it's a five. Okay, slap bang in the middle then. Uh, I am going to give this game a six out of ten. Um, I really like the visuals. I think the music's fantastic. Sound effects, not so much, but um, aesthetically, I think it's really appealing. I like the handling. Um, what I don't like uh, is pretty much what you've just said, Mike. Uh, I think the um, the track-based stuff is really cool, apart from the time attacks. And um, the rally mode was something that I was kind of aiming for to unlock because yeah. I wanted to see what it was like. And then when I actually got it, it was just a bit of a slap in the face at how kind of badly executed it was. Um, but as it stands, the arcade modes with the uh, you know contained tracks are still pretty good fun, well worth playing. And if I can ever get a game online, uh, I'm sure it's mm. quite good fun online as well. So, yeah, 6 out of 10 from me. So, yeah, a 5 and a 6. Um, just average, really, I suppose. Yeah. So, yeah if, you've got a, uh, if you've got a Nintendo Switch, give it a go. 
I will say one thing very quickly before we finish the podcast. Um, Dirt 5 has been announced. Um, I know it's divided some people uh, quite a lot, but um, I'm a massive fan of the old-style Dirt games. So I want to make sure that everyone knows that when it comes out, uh, this podcast will be covering it in, in quite a lot of detail, um, even if I have to force Tom to do <laughs> Mate, it. Mate, I'll be there. I'm a big fan of Dirt 4. You know, I, I was just hoping for maybe Dirt Rally 3. As opposed to doing yeah, I, I think it's, I think it's a weird thing, isn't it? I think a lot of people, you know, we've known for some feedback from this podcast is some people like their their traditional rally games, and people like their sort of land rush style or their sort of you know buggy racing. Um, I I'm I love rallying, but I play I do love that sort of I don't know dirt two for me just sort of did it, and I think it's that that. Going back to that is a really good idea. Um, so Dirt 5 will definitely be a game we will cover in the unfortunately quite distant future. Yeah, so on the topic of our next game, we don't know yet, but we'll choose one soon out of the hat, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, yeah, it just remains for me to say yeah, thank you for listening. Thank you to Mike for joining me on this uh, trip down the, what was it, pixel the pixel side of life? I can't remember. Pixel side of life, yeah. Uh, oh, the sprite side of life. Sprite yeah. side of life. <laughs> <laughs> we record we record <laughs> um, so yeah you can find us on the internet at powerdriftingpodcast.com you can also find us on twitter at powerdriftpod and we're on iTunes and Spotify oh and last but not least uh, thank you to everybody who's listened because we just broke through 750 downloads of the podcast so thank you very much and uh, yeah we will see you on the next episode goodbye goodbye finish